Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. We're going to head to Arlington. Jim, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, we're having our, our ca- kitchen cabinets replaced, okay. uh, including box that holds uh, our wall double oven wall uh, unit and the previous the previous cabinet that was in uh you know when you turn on the oven there would be a lot of heat that radiates this through the side of the of the cabinet and i was just wondering if there's any value or if there's any concerns with maybe putting some additional insulation in there to sort of knock down that heat or just keep it inside the oven compartment to work and just sort of vent naturally how it would do normally. But the, the side of the cab, the boxes get pretty warm. Yes. And, you know, I, I've noticed that on some of the newer ovens, man, they, they heat up a heck of a lot more outside than they used to. Um, but as far as putting some insulation around, Normally along the sides there, you, you're going to have a, a hard board. You know, you're going to have plywood uh, along the sides where the oven just slides into it. And so there's right. not really any place to put insulation. Well, there's a, there's about, you know, between the, the edge where it slides in and the, the, the inside dimensions, uh, I've got probably, you know, maybe close to an inch on each side, maybe three quarters of an inch. And I didn't know if, that rigid oh, wow. board with a barrier type thing or, um, you know, I, I read the owner's manual and the installation manual. And they don't say to do it or not to do it, you know. Um, yeah, they, honestly, normally there's not that much space. Uh, typically where you slide an oven in, uh, you're doing good if you've got an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch on each side. I mean, it's 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 typically designed to be a tight fit. Right. Uh, it's so, a little. I mean, yeah. There's a little bit more there just because it has to have the the face screws that attach it, and right. versus where the box is itself. But honestly, you know, a, no, I would not worry about trying to put any insulation in there. Okay. All right. Uh, the, the if, if I did, is, the oven itself is built with insulation within it, and uh, so anything you add outside, I don't think is really going to do much of anything. Uh, if you wanted to do anything, I would put a uh, like the Energy Q radiant barrier on the outside of the oven itself before I slide it in, because uh, what the what the Energy Q does is stops the heat transfer, and so that would minimize the amount of heat coming out. Uh, yeah, there's there's really not a reason to uh, typically insulate around an oven. Dave in Fort Worth, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello, sir. It's how are you today? I'm well, sir. Thank you. And how y'all doing? Sound like you're having a good time. Always. Yes, sir. I got a couple real quick questions. Uh, my wife has forced me into a corner about repainting the house. So along the face of the board that goes uh, around the edge of the house there, it's best to use hardy board on that, and I think that's correct, or you tell me. And then also the second question, she got me building a shed out in the backyard. I got it ready for the decking uh, to put the then the 
frame the walls up and get it get it completed. And it keeps raining, and I don't want to put – I'm going to put tar paper down before I put the, the decking on uh, the the shed frame, uh, floor joists. And I really am reluctant to do that until it dries out because I'm thinking I'm going to wind up with black mold if I don't. Can you answer them two questions for me? Is your wife buying this excuse? My wife is a mean little woman, and I try to do everything <laughs> I can to get by. Yes, sir. And I'm not, uh, I'm not a little guy, but I tell you what, she's she's got things under control, that's for sure. Oh, I tell you what, women, women can be tough. My 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 mom stands five foot four, maybe, weighs all of a hundred and twenty pounds, and I can remember as a as a, a young person coming in way past. Well, let's just say it was early morning when I came home one night. And she grabbed me by one hand, picks me up, and puts me on the wall while she's take, shaking the other hand f- with her finger in my face, giving me a lecture, holding me up with one hand. They, they, them little women, they can they can be tough. Understand it. Understand <laughs> it. So l- let's talk about the, the fascia boards first. Uh, are they bad where you need to replace them? Some of them are. Some of, some of them are. I mean, this house was built in 20... In, in 20 well, in 2000. And, okay. uh So, yeah, some of them Then, need... yes, I, I, anything you replace, replace it with Hardy, and, and you won't have to, to uh, mess with it again. And it doesn't mean you got to replace it all the way around. If you want to do just sections of it, uh, you can do sections of it with the Hardy and replace the others later if you want. And I just so. drill that stuff into the ease that come out. Is that how that Hardy board's put up, drilled and screwed? Oh, no. It, you just nail it. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, you can screw it, but uh, you can just nail it in, in place as well. well I uh, thought that was concrete. I it looked is. At it, I thought that was, yeah. Hmm. But, but it's, uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not hard concrete like your driveway. It, it's, it's a softer concrete. where it, it, it's, it's really not concrete. It's cement-based, and so you, you can hammer nails through it. Now, as far as the shed... Uh, personally, I wouldn't worry about putting tar paper down on that floor uh, because leave it breathable, and you'll you'll have less issues with mold than if you try to put the tar paper down because in between the tar paper and the wood floor, yeah, you could get some mold there because it's not going to be air-conditioned space. So th- there's really no reason to take that risk. And the tar paper is for keeping water off of it, uh, which... Again, you don't really need to worry about that on the floor part. So if I was going to do anything to upgrade it, I would go with treated plywood instead of uh, just regular plywood or OSB. And uh, I, and then I wouldn't worry about the, the tar paper. So, okay, well, yeah, I've already got the, the, the decking painted that I'm putting on there with some exterior okay. painting that I bought. And so you don't think... When I put that down, that I'm going to need any. You're saying just put it straight down on the floor, Joyce. Yep. Huh? Yeah, because my cats and stuff run up underneath there, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put it put it on there because that way there's no moisture going to get underneath yeah. the shed and rot it out from the bottom. The moisture is going to be there anyways, but it, it won't rot out from the bottom as long as you've got good ventilation going, and you are more likely to have wood rot with the 
uh, tar paper there than you are without it because it'll trap moisture between the tar paper and the plywood. I'll be dead gum. All right, man. Well, thank you. All right. I appreciate it. And, you know, with this being uh, Mother's Day weekend, uh, I think I'll take this opportunity uh, before we go to a, a news traffic and weather break here to wish my mom a happy Mother's Day and, of course, my wife as well. Uh, you know, straight up honest with you, if it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be doing this show. I mean, I learned a lot of what I like I just was talking about, visualize when we're talking on the show, actually doing things with my mom. She used to redo rent houses um, that my parents would buy. Dad was off doing his regular job. And my mom and I would go in and and, uh, fix up the houses and uh, clean them up and fix them up between tenants and stuff like that. And, you know, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We had to figure it out. And so... When you call in and ask questions, I'm visualizing what you're asking. That's the reason I ask some questions sometimes back with you. But uh, really, if it wasn't for working with mom, never probably would I have had the confidence to get into doing something like this. Because, uh, you know, truthfully, when I was even in high school, if I had to get up in front of the class and and do a uh, present a paper or something like that, for me, that was an automatic F. I, I just I was not going to get up in front of people and talk that way. And, uh, you know, since I've been doing this show 20 years now, uh, that's kind of gone away. But it really all co- goes back to the confidence that I built up doing projects with my mom. So, uh, again, happy Mother's Day, Mom, and to all the moms out there. Uh, Richard in Dallas, how can I help you? Yeah, Jim, I have a garage floor that's got a lot of oil stains on it, and I would like to put a clear coating or sealer on it. Okay. And do you have any any suggestions for removing those oil spots? Well, um, how, how old a concrete floor is this? Oh, probably 20 years. Okay. Chances are they are soaked down into the pores then of the concrete, and you're you can clean the surface, but you're probably not going to get it out of the pores, so they would still show through if you tried to go with a clear coat of some kind. Um, what you may end up doing is adding a color to it to cover them up. But, the, yeah, the first thing you got to do is they, they, they make stain removers that will help absorb the oil out of it. And mm-hmm. typically, then they acid wash in order to oh, okay. etch the concrete and get it where a surface will adhere to it. And so those would be the items you would have to do. Uh, but as far as getting it back to it, its original without the stains, that won't happen at this point. Do you have a recommendation on a stain remover? I do not, but if you'll stop at uh, some of the automotive stores like uh, O'Reilly's and, you know, some of those type of stores, they actually sell them there. Oh, okay. All righty, I'll give that a shot. Oh, let's head to Athens. And, Eric, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Well, thanks for taking my call. Uh We've got a house in the country on 80 acres. It's a fairly nice home. We need to replace the flooring upstairs. We've already done downstairs. 
it's currently carpet, and we are considering hardwood. And I'm wondering if the increased cost of hardwood is justified. Is that a demand thing for out or throughout the house or uh, or whatever? We don't necessarily care for carpet. We like the hardwood floors we have throughout downstairs, but I don't know if it's a it's a value and uh, a value purchase or not. It is, but uh, uh, let me caution you on a couple of quick things. When you put hardwoods upstairs, anytime somebody's walking on that floor, you will hear it downstairs. And that's the reason a lot of times people have carpet upstairs is it just softens the walking and you don't hear the noise through the floors as often. Uh, Now, in my own house, I have a second floor that's above the garage and the uh, laundry room that has carpet on it, we're going to change that out to a hard floor uh, simply because there's nothing that takes place underneath it that walking on it would harm. But, you know, if it's above, like, the living room or something like that, uh, you may want to stick with carpet in that situation. Okay, we are empty nesters. Likely we'll sell a house in a few years, and we do have insulation between the floors. So if if that changes the equation... It does. Put the hardwoods in because uh, it's easier to maintain. It looks better. And as far as on resale, I can't say it's going to bring you more money on the resale. But I will tell you this, it'll probably make the resale faster for you. And you know, real estate is, is already taking a little bit of turn where it's not selling quite as fast as it was. So if you're looking at selling in a couple of years, I don't look for real estate to make a a full flip back for for probably five to eight years. Yeah, and and, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, We recognize the ups and downs of real estate, and our our attitude is where if we buy high, we'll sell high. If we sell low, we'll buy low. And so it really just doesn't matter. Yeah, but but what it does is it'll help with, with the how long it takes to sell because let, let's face it when you walk into a room that's got wood floors in it it's clean it looks gorgeous and it's very easy to maintain on on that subject the floors downstairs are pretty expensive uh pecan floors uh i forgot the manufacturer upstairs um i, I thought about just doing an unfinished wood and matching the color in a in a uh, lower grade oak. Yeah, thoughts on that? You want the floors to match, so as long as you can get well, the colors. To, yeah, go as ahead. long as you can get the colors to match, yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, and, and as far as unfinished floors, I mean, floor and decor still has uh, some really nice oak strips and stuff that are unfinished that you can put in and then stain it to match what you already have. Are, uh, do you, what do you think about the Rubio stains when it comes to flooring? Are you familiar? I'm not familiar with them. Okay, it, it's just a it's a it's a nice stain. I build furniture. It's a nice stain for for and they started in the flooring world. Ease of application, ease of repair, ease of maintenance. So uh, you might well, want to look into it. It's pretty cool stuff. And you know, and, and really, if you're thinking about selling put it on because if it's going to look good that that's what sells okay but thank you for your time jeffrey in fort worth how can i help you hi how are you wonderful 
I had a question on uh, our air conditioning system. Um, we have a maintenance agreement with the vendor that actually uh, installed all the units. It's a new house. It's only two years old. So we went with the vendor who put the system in, and we just had our uh, uh, yearly maintenance done uh, you know, for, for the summer to prepare for the season. So one of the things they recommended was an air duct cleaning uh, to uh, the entire system. And the price that was quoted just seemed a little bit out of the norm that I've seen on this. And I'm just curious what we should expect as far as a good air duct cleaning uh, service. This, this is a two-year-old system, you said, two-year-old house, right? Correct, correct. And the way they explained it is when the new construction happens with these homes, obviously all the dust and everything that gets kicked up during construction gets, you know, sucked in or blown in when they install the system and test it and run it or, you know, run it during the building phase. So that's why, you know, when they did the servicing, they noticed there was, um, you know, somewhat of a large amount in there. So I'm just kind of curious if that's, you know, needed or, you know, and the price that they quoted, which was, like I said, a couple thousand dollars, it just seems like it was a lot of money for that type of service that I've seen. Yeah. 95 plus percent of the time, duck cleaning is not needed. Uh, okay. I, can, I won't say it's never needed uh, because when uh, there's a lot of construction taking place, yes, you can get some dust up in there. On a two-year-old system, I'll be honest, it'll surprise the heck out of me if you need that already. Okay, okay. And and the pictures that, you know, they, they did a, a video walk around of, you know, where it was. and It was accumulating in the intake portion of the, uh, you know, of, of the blower area. Um, and, and we're very good about changing out the filters as well, too, every six months or so uh, right. for both units. Um, so, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, the, the filters aren't in and, 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 and so forth. But I, I saw where you had the returns coming into that central box area. It seemed like that's where he was filming a lot of the dust accumulation. And his explanation was it also slows down the airflow to the blower uh, with that amount of dust in there. So, you know. Right. But here's my question. What he's showing you is the air that's going to the system, not the Correct. ducts going back into the house. So how is he justifying repairing the that, or, or that, cleaning the ducts going into the rooms? That was kind of my thought as well. I've always been told the – the, you only need to clean the, you know, the, the output portion of your system if needed, because that's where the dust should be going out from. You know, the filter captures it coming into exactly. It, you know, so um, yeah, I, I just it seemed like a lot, and it seemed like you know um, the job they were going to do was very thorough. I did, you know, understand, you know, the, you know, how long it would take, but. The pricing on it just seemed a little bit out of the norm uh, for something like that. Well, the pricing on duct cleaning all depends on how much ducts you, you have and such. And it, sure. it can be anywhere from, you know, uh, the cheapest I've seen, it would be like twelve to 1400 And it'll go up to 3500 for a really large house. Okay. Um, 
the uh, air going to the unit, I can understand that needing to be cleaned every, every once in a, a blue moon. And by that, I mean years apart. And it okay. is possible that it does have some dust in there uh, that should be cleaned. But, uh, you know, the air that goes through the ducts themselves is all filtered air. And that's why I say rarely should that have to be cleaned. And on a two-year-old house, something's got to be drastically wrong for it to need to be cleaned. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah. a lot of times people are, uh, I shouldn't say people, AC technicians on a lot of especially large companies are paid a commission to sell these type of add-ons. And it's sold way more than it needs to be done. Sure. Sure. Understood. No, that, this helps out a lot. Um, you know, and, and to your point, maybe we just focus on the actual intake portion from yes. the return vents and not worry about the out, you know, to the, you know, the, the other side of it, because like you mentioned, that should be filtered from the filters and there shouldn't be any dust accumulating in that portion. So, um, this this has helped out a lot. Thank you so much. And, and if there this. is, since they're the ones who put it in, ask them why. Where's all the bypass yeah, exactly. coming from? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's why we stuck with it because you know they own it from cradle to grave. They put it in, so um, yep. it's just easier dealing with that. Because uh, yeah, to your point, there's a lot of AC vendors, and that's where you get into challenges uh, when you have one that installed it, one that did something else, and so on and so on. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Kay in Dallas is asking about buildup. Jim, how do I get rid of the buildup on a sink faucet? It is kind of white granular. Is this caused by hard water or something else? It mainly It's mainly on our sink faucets by the handle where we lift up the handle to turn on the water. We have also seen some buildup on our shower head. Love your show. Thanks. Well, what what you're seeing is mineral deposits build up. And the reason you see it where you lift the handle up, you know, it's water will splash up there. The mineral deposits start building up because it's not wiped dry in that area. And so it just continues to build up. And the same with the shower head. And as it builds up, it's kind of like when you go through caverns and you see the slag nights and the slag tights uh, and all that stuff. Those mineral deposits are the same as that. Uh, so, you know, what can be done? Well, it, it's just got to be cleaned off a lot more often. There are products that you can use to uh, clean it up, like Lime Away, you know, uh, things like that. But... Um, you got to be careful on some of the finishes so that you don't ruin the finish of whatever you're putting it on. So you always want to try that uh, product in a, in an inconspicuous area. Now, if you want a long-term to effect to to keep it from being a problem, you put in a water softener because that takes the mineral deposits away from it so so that you don't have those issues any longer. Brian in North Houston, how can I help you today? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I am. Uh, I have an older house, and I'm starting to get door jam rot. And I don't know if there's a solution of just trying to patch it and fix it or to get somebody to rip it out. Suggestion. Well, 
it depends on how bad the, the rot is. I mean, if it's starting from the bottom, very bottom, and working its way up, it's usually worse in the middle of it, the board, than it is on the outer edges. And it, you'll probably end up cutting off the bottom 12 inches or so. So in that situation, yes, I would say you either need to do that yourself or get somebody to come in there and cut it and then repair it. If it's just minor on the surface, you can sometimes cut, you know, gouge some of it out and put a wood filler in there to take care of it. Uh -huh. But most of the time you're, you're cutting off the bottom 6 to 12 inches. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can do that. I can buy some frame and put that in there. And then the, some of the wood cream, I might just go ahead and replace it all out, take it out, and then replace yep. it. All right. Well, thank okay. you, sir. You bet. You take care. Let's head to Spring. And Marty, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. I had a question about determining if a uh, column is load-bearing in a house. I have a, a two-story house. I have... Uh, one column upstairs uh, that's it's not quite in the middle. It's uh, off to the side of, uh, of the game room. And then two columns that are downstairs, and they sort of close off, not really close off, but make a boundary for the dining room. I was thinking about if they weren't load-bearing, I'd, I'd like to just pull them out and kind of open up things up and remove a couple of throwdowns. Uh, is there an easy way without being too invasive to determine if, if it's plausible to sure. uh, do something like that? Usually there is. I mean, the first uh, question I would ask you is on the one that's upstairs, uh, you know, does that column go all the way through down to the first floor or is it only on the upstairs? All the way upstairs, it, it had actually a, a sister column to it that was already removed. What we did was we had an open uh, vaulted ceiling at the entryway of the house, and we put a floor there to get more square footage. At that time, the contractor uh, removed one of the columns. He said it wasn't load-bearing, so I'm yeah. not sure about the other one. If it doesn't carry through all the way down to the first floor, it's not going to be load bearing. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, you know, chant, and I say that ninety nine percent is not going to be load bearing. Uh, to check it, you can go in the attic and see if anything is coming down on top of where that column is. You know, and by that I mean any of the bracing for the roof coming down right directly on top of it. Or if there's any joints that are on top of it for the ceiling rafters, that would indicate then that it is necessary and is load-bearing. But uh, typically, if it doesn't carry through to the first floor, it's not going to be load-bearing. Um, okay. As far as, as far as the ones that are on the first floor, uh, it's really just got to be looked at what's on top. Do those run all the way up to the ceiling height, or is there a beam that runs between them on the first floor, you know, supporting the floor, uh, the ceiling above it? Uh, if there is a beam there, then then you got to look at it a lot harder. Okay. Is it possible to, if, if it is load-bearing, is it possible to add some sort of a... A beam 
to replace that? Most Is of the time, a... yes. Yeah. Okay. Almost, almost always you can. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a spot in my house that I'm getting ready to start doing some remodeling, and that's going to be one of the things I've got to do. Uh, is there is a beam that hangs down. I'm going to reverse it and put it up in the attic. Uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of a pain, but yes, it can be done. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Wayne? Hello. Hope everything's going well with you. I had a quick question about solar screens today. If okay. you thought they were as if they were as effective as they say they are on saving electricity in the summertime. And if they are, who would you recommend installing? What do you have for windows? I have about 12 windows, 2,000 square foot heating and cooling. And the windows, I have uh, four double windows, the larger windows that are facing north. And I and, only have one window facing west that's a, uh, in a bathroom. It's, are they aluminum frame or are they double frame? Uh, are they vinyl, double pane? Uh, what are they? They are they're vinyl. Uh, I think they're double frame. I'm not really sure. More than likely, if they're vinyl, they're going to be double pane windows. So in that case, uh, the effectiveness of solar screens is pretty limited um you'd have to get fairly dark ones in order to really get any true benefit and then they're not real pleasant to look through to go outside and that's the reason they've kind of lost popularity when if you were dealing with a single pane aluminum frame window they're extremely effective but the glass packs that are in the double pane windows nowadays uh, they do so much for the energy efficiency that the, the solar screens just really don't add that much to it anymore. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help on that, dude. All righty. You take care. You too. Thanks. Right. And the thing you got to remember on solar screens is it will darken the inside of the house. Now, your regular glass packs for replacement windows or even uh, new construction nowadays, a lot of them do have solar tint on them so that you're not getting the harmful rays coming in to uh, dull all your furniture and fade all your furniture and stuff. But uh, the solar screens, yeah, they can do more of that. But again, you're not going to see well. Denise in spring. Welcome to 740 KTRH. How can I help you? Yes, thank you. Have a home built in the 70s. The fireplace of brick, the outside doesn't have the problem. The inside does. The brick and the mortar um, have like mold. It's white, fuzzy, and yep. it's soft like uh, like maybe like chalk. Um, yeah. And done what we knew to do would be to make sure that the uh, the flu and they didn't have moisture coming in. Anyway, don't know what to do next. You are getting moisture in. Uh, it's probably coming from through the brick uh, itself when it rains, and it can even come from the top. Uh, do you do you have a, a, a chimney cap up there? There is not a cap. No. 
Okay. So on the top, then, if it doesn't have a cap, it's going to have a mortar bed. And as they age, that mortar bed will tend to crumble, and moisture then starts coming down, not through the flue itself, but around it, through all the brick and everything. And what you're seeing come out is the effervescence, which is basically a chemical reaction that the moisture causes. Um, mm. It's not a complicated fix. I mean, basically all they do is come in and remove the, the crumbled up mortar, put new mortar up there. You can put a chimney cap so it's covered by metal that way. Uh, but then the secondary thing I would recommend is to put a masonry sealer on the brick of the fireplace. Uh, basically, that just goes into a pump-up sprayer. They spray it on. It soaks in. You don't see it, but it keeps the moisture from going through the brick and and traveling down. Uh, my house was built in 1973. I have the uh, old Mexican brick, probably like you have, and right. I had the same problem when I bought the house 20 years ago. I put the sealer on it, put a metal cap up there, you know, replaced all that mortar, and here I am 20 years later, and I haven't had to do anything else other than I did have the brick inside my firebox. The the mortar touched up uh, actually about six months ago. Uh, yeah, not even that oh. long ago, and and that's just routine maintenance. So uh, on the interior, you're saying don't try to remove the fuzzy mortar, but put a, a sealer on the well, brick. Well, the on mortar? the outside of the uh, all the way around the fireplace on the outside. Uh, on the on the brick all the way yes. around. Okay. Yep. And then. Yep. On inside what would i do to well on, to... on the inside of uh, the brick mason can remove that mortar and retuck point oh. it with new mortar okay so if the fireplace the the brick inside is like eight foot tall of brick and mortar they can essentially remove the mortar without it okay so it's crumbling. it's the brick wall inside not the uh, firebox I don't see it on the firebox because inside the firebox is that um, great big brick. What do you call it? The fire brick or whatever. Right. In other words. Okay. So this but you're the getting the effervescence coming through on the brick on the wall of the uh, in the house, correct? In the heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That then it's it's got to be sealed and stuff. And and uh, yes, they can put once you seal it and you don't get moisture in there anymore. That should make it stop, and it probably can just be cleaned up, and then you're done. Okay, because I have vacuum, but it continues to come back. So Yeah, because every time it rains, you're getting moisture in through the outside brick. Okay, so re-mortar around the top and put a cap on, and yep. then put the sealer on the outside, but not on the inside. Correct. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.